Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. Today, I want to tell you about the great baseball players for the Nashville Vols. Once again, he's another one of those guys everyone loved, every minor league team and major league, of course, but minor league teams at the local level had their favorite players. And today I'm going to tell you about one of them. His name was fun to say, but he endeared himself to Nashville baseball fans, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But his name was Carl Sawatsky. He was often known as Swish, I think because that's the sound that his bat made when he swung for a deep home run at Sulphurdale. But he was born in Shikshini, Pennsylvania. Now, that sounds like a mountain town, a coal mining town, and it was, on November the 4th, 1927. He once recalled he was 11 years old when he began digging for coal in abandoned mines nearby. And his parents separated during his youth, and his mother moved her children to a place called Mountain View, New Jersey, just outside of New York City, and during World War II, she worked in a factory. When his father moved nearby, he began his own taxicab service. Now, Swish went to Pompton Lakes High School, where he boxed in the Diamond Glove program in Patterson, New Jersey, and he played third base for an American Legion team. Back then, he was hitting towering home runs, too, when he was discovered by local scouts. And as a 16-year-old in 1944, this was not unusual. World War II was going on, and professional scouts were looking for players. He received a $500 bonus from the Philadelphia Phillies, but he weighed in at 188 pounds at age 16 and was known for his heavy appetite, too. Sawatsky played his first pro season at Bradford, Pennsylvania, a Class D team, where he hit 13 homers and batted 295. The next year, he went to Schenectady, but he was released because he only had one homer and he wasn't doing very well. He caught on with a team at Bloomingdale near his home and finished the season. There he only hit eight home runs, and his weight, however, ballooned after the season to 253. So in a couple of years, he's gone from 188 to 253. And that would plague him during his major league and his minor league career. So after playing two seasons in the outfield, Sawatsky decided his weight was hampering him. He became a catcher. He didn't change his diet. But going from the outfield to catching, he thought that that would help him with his weight. And at Bloomingdale in 1947, his hitting as his calling card allowed him to belt 34 home runs. He drove in 139 runs, and he hit for a 352 average. So catching became his position. Bloomingdale's parent club, however, the Boston Braves, were not impressed, and they sold him to the Chicago Cubs who assigned him to their Class A club in Des Moines. Now, back in those days, Class A was one of the higher classifications. That was reversed later on in the minor leagues. But here he is at Des Moines. And his batting average dipped to 278, but he hit home runs in two of his last three at-bats of the season to lead the league with 29 and help the team to a first-place finish. He had 111 RBI to boot. Those numbers earned him a call-up to Chicago, where he made his major league debut on September the 29th as a pinch hitter for pitcher Bob Chipman against Cincinnati, but he did not get a hit. 
Two days later, he pinch hit for pitcher Bob Rush as a leadoff batter when he reached first on an error but was replaced by pinch runner Danny Lynch. The five foot ten Sawatsky joined Nashville for the 1949 season, and what a season he was going to have. He endeared himself to Nashville Vols and Southern Association fans on opening day, April the 15th, 1949, in Chattanooga at Ingle Field. He had a home run that traveled at least 520 feet. Now get this, 520 feet, and bounced among the railroad tracks outside the stadium. And it's considered to be the longest home run ever hit by a Vols player in any park in any league. And it was estimated to have traveled 575 feet down those railroad tracks. And if so, it would be one of the longest ever hit by anyone. His slugging feats continued that same season as on June the 13th, he hit a home run over the ice house beyond the right field fence at Sulphurdale, one of several on or over the roof. If you know Nashville baseball history, the Atlantic Ice and Coal Company had a two or three story building down the right field line. And kids would climb up there and collect balls that were hit up there, either foul or fair. And this is one of the feats that Sawatsky had in his career. He was also known as Swats, and he was known as Swisher. And his record-setting fifth Grand Slam for the season took place on August the 31st. The slam came in a 24-4 win over Atlanta. And it was his 24th homer of the season as Nashville swept the Crackers in all 11 games in Sulphurdale between the two teams. As feared as Sawatsky was at the plate, he garnered a bit of respect on September the 11th in the final game of the 1949 season because he received only blooper pitches every time he faced Chattanooga's Bobo Newsom in the last game of the Southern Association season, once again at Ingle Stadium. Reaching across the plate on his final at bat, Sawatsky caught one of Newsom's bloopers and fungled the ball into right field as Sawatsky was called out for interference by chuckling umpire Bill Molesky. He got a good kick out of that one, I think. But still, Sawatsky led the league with 45 home runs and set a league record with those five grand slams. And he hit 360 as Nashville captured the 1949 Southern Association pennant. Sawatsky made the Cubs after spring training in 1950 as the third catcher, but after going 0 for 10, including his first two major league starts as a catcher, he was reassigned to the Vols for 1950. Returning to Nashville to a revamped squad, only six members of the previous year's team were still on hand to hoist the 1949 pennant during the pregame ceremony on June the 1st. That was Sawatsky, Buster Bogusky, Joe D'Amato, Paul Malden, Tony Jacobs, and Charles Bama Ray. However, Swatsky was soon in the middle of picking up where he left off in 1949. On June the 5th, just three weeks after leaving Chicago and returning to Nashville, Swatsky socked his seventh home run in 17 games by tagging Mobile's Chuck Eisenman for a round tripper. The homer seemed to come fast and furious again as on July the 24th, as the Vols were beating New Orleans 9-6 in Nashville. Sawatsky slammed a grand slam for his 19th home run of the season. He would finish his season with 24 homers in 80 games. Now think about that. And he had a 304 batting average. And of course, he was called up to the Chicago Cubs and played in 38 games beginning on August the 4th. 
but he only hit one home run, and that came three games before the end of the season in the first inning against Bob Chesnitz at Wrigley Field. His home run came with no one on against the Pirates. Sawatsky was in the military during 1951 and 1952 and came back to finish the 1953 season with the Cubs, but his weight was 240, and he spent much of the season as bullpen catcher. At the end of the season, the Cubs released him, and his contract was purchased by the Chicago White Sox, who assigned him to Minneapolis for 1955, and he spent 1956 in Toronto, where he began to think that his vision was hurting his hitting. He began to wear eyeglasses. But White Sox general manager Paul Richards was fed up with Sawatsky's weight and his fielding and hitting, too, and he was picked up by the Braves in 1957, who were in Milwaukee. And uh, he was a member of that team that was the 1957 World Series champions. He earned a playoff share worth $8,924.36. His major league career ended six years later in 1963. He never played more than 86 games during any portion of the 11 seasons. He was on the roster of the Cubs, White Sox, Milwaukee Braves, Philadelphia Phillies, or St. Louis Cardinals but he served as president of the Texas League from 1976 until his death in Little Rock, Arkansas on November the 24th, 1991, of acute leukemia at the age of 64. He was buried at the Pinecrest Memorial Park in Alexander, Arkansas, and in 2005, he was inducted posthumously into the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame. Now, his career may have been up and down, mostly average in the majors, but in Nashville, It was all up. He endeared himself to his fans by leaving them with memories of long home runs, of grand slams, and lots of them, as his legacy became entrenched in Sulphurdale history. Well, there you go. Whether you call him Sawatsky, Swish, or Swats, Carl Sawatsky was a great player for the Nashville Vols. There's not too many that had the great season that he did in 1949 and a part of 1950. Well, thanks for joining me on this episode of Skip's Corner. I hope you'll come again soon. If you'd like to write to me, you can at 262downright at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to give me an idea, suggestion, or if you had a criticism, something I've said that's incorrect, I certainly want to correct the record down the road. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll come back again.